Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the very first podcast of 2024. This is the Mastering Miles podcast powered by Bioendurance PT and Performance. My name is Matt Ferlindis, and I am a physical therapist in the Milwaukee area that specializes in treating runners and running injuries. I'm very excited for this episode because I'm going to be chatting with one of my best friends, Noah Bernhardt, who is a physical therapist and very experienced endurance athlete himself. We are going to be discussing goal setting for 2024. Setting up proper goals is important for peak performance, as is having someone to chat with about your goals and the way you want your season to go. That's why I'm very much looking forward to broadcasting this conversation because Noah and I constantly have these conversations with each other. So I'm looking forward to being able to broadcast this episode to give some insight into what our conversations are like overall when relating to goal setting. As always, if you are enjoying the episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I would really appreciate that. And with that, let's get into our goal-setting conversation with Noah. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast for this very special first episode of 2024. I have with me one of my best friends from PT school and beyond, Mr. Noah Bernhardt. Noah, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Noah. I'm a uh, physical therapist in the Southern California area. Um, and, and like Matt said, uh, we're BFFs that go way back, PT school, bonded over running, cycling, um, I think we first met um, when it was a rainy day and I couldn't ride my bike back from uh, the library and Matt was kind enough to give me a ride and and that's where it all began. Sparks flew and, and here we are now almost 10 years later and uh, Matt's crushing it with his podcast and I'm super stoked to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Noah. I still remember that day vividly and I also still remember the first 50 mile bike ride that you took me on and how I absolutely bonked and overheated for like the last 10 miles and we have this epic picture of like me lying on the ground just absolutely exhausted first time i ever rode 50 miles on the bike so um i always think of that on my on my long bike rides <laughs> man the, that <laughs> i remember that i felt so bad because i remember we had this big plan to go to downtown milwaukee and um that was like, yeah, just at the 25 mile turnaround when we get to the lakefront. I just remember like speeding down. What is that? Like Wisconsin Avenue, I think. And there's all these like cobble roads and just like a ton of traffic. And like it was just a brutal first like 50 miler. But um, look at you now, like yeah. just destroying Ironmans and um, going for 100 plus mile rides on the rig. I I don't know if destroying is the right word, but I appreciate that. I appreciate that um, that encouragement there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're doing awesome. So this episode is, with it being the start of 2024, always a lot of talk about goals, and that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. All about setting our goals up for the year and kind of how we follow them and everything like that. And the reason I asked Noah to be on is, of course, um, we have been really good friends ever since PT school. And honestly, we always have these conversations with each other, no matter when we get together, when we chat, we're always chatting about kind of what our goals are, discussing self-improvement. And I think it's pretty useful to have somebody that you can share those conversations with in order to constantly improve yourself. So I'm kind of pumped that we get to actually broadcast this conversation since um, a lot of times we have these conversations anyways. Yeah, me too. It feels like a really great, like natural kind of annual um, kind of recap, but also... Uh, forecasting into the new year. So yeah. thank you for, for always being a sounding board and a buddy in all these endeavors that we 
go through. Back at you, Noah. Um, so speaking <laughs> about recap, how did your uh, 2023 go overall, Noah? Kind of what did you accomplish? I know you had a lot of races this year. So how did it all go and what did you learn from it? Yeah, it was really good. Um, looking back, um, it happened so fast and there's definitely a lot of things that went on. So, um, yep, in February, I did the American Berkebiner, which is a 31-mile cross-country ski race. Um, second time doing it, and I got a PR by about 10 minutes, which was great. Uh, my goal for that one was just to not uh, cramp up at the end because the first time I did it, like my muscles were seizing and it was just brutal, a brutal finish, probably one of the worst finishes of any endurance event ever. Um, so that was a great success. And then um, after that, I did grandma's marathon with you, Matt. Mm -hmm. um, and that was not the best success <laughs> for me. Um, it was definitely my slowest marathon. Um, but it was super fun and I definitely encouraged me to get out there and do it again. Another, an event I would love to do at least one more time in my lifetime. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from that race, uh, was just the importance of tapering, um, because I did like a series of 20 mile, um, like long runs, I think I did a 20 mile long run, like three consecutive weeks um, before that. And so I had like a two week taper. So it was like 20 mile, 20 mile, 20 mile. And then I think maybe like 10 miles, and then 10 miles, and then the race. So it's just like, I think I overtrained for that. Um, but do, do you think your legs were like yeah. a bit fatigued going into it with all of those 20 mile runs in, in the in the bank? For you personally? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they definitely did not feel fresh. <laughs> they did not feel fresh at all. Um, and I, I remember chatting with you. The other thing, too, was um, I'm a big fan of Yerba Mate uh, for, like, races and stuff. It's kind of always been my, like, go-to. Um, but I remember, like, getting to the starting line of that race after drinking my Yerba Mate. And, like, my resting heart rate was already, like, 100-something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, this is, this is not good. So I think it was, yeah, leg fatigue, um, just not, <laughs> not proper um, tapering. And then also, um, yeah, I think, too, just kind of the fatigue of travel because I was coming from California um, and just kind of being in a foreign land and there was a lot of socializing beforehand, um, staying in the dorms. I know that <laughs> you and I share the dorm, uh, with our significant others. <laughs> so it's just the four of us in this tiny little, uh, two person dorm. Like we were both squeezed into, uh, little twin beds. <laughs> and I've told so many slept well that night. I've told so many people the story about how we just all like crammed into that dorm room. But hey, it was it got the job done. Maybe not as super effective as we'd hoped for, but it was quite the experience. <laughs> I had a blast. I felt like I was in college again. I was like ready to, you know, sneak a beer into the dorm and, and have a great time. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we didn't. That would have really made for an even worse race. <laughs> yeah, that that is. But indeed. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think that just goes along with the whole grandma's marathon atmosphere. Like the course was awesome. The people were great. A lot of people like traveled in from it. So it was just kind of a cool uh, environment and, and race setting for it. So I agree. It's definitely a marathon I want to do in the future again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The hype, I think what really added to it was just the hype of everyone that I talked to about it. Um, you know, as a PT, we are having small talk and conversations with patients all day. And I, I you know, would inevitably kind of come up what my plans were for the summer. And so even then, like I had patients like tell me about it. Um, and then that got me really, really stoked and kind of a recurring theme amongst the people that I talked to um, that ended up being true was there was like this one lone trombone player like halfway through the race that was just all by himself playing the trombone all these different like pump up songs and i just thought that was like the coolest <laughs> coolest like race feature ever yes i remember like, running past that and i was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah yeah because i guess he's there every year <laughs> keeping the traditional life which is great 
Yeah, so Grandma's was good. And then after that, I did uh, the Tour de Big Bear, which is a 100-mile bike ride in the mountains of Big Bear, California. So that was challenging because it started at 7,000 feet of elevation, and then it got all the way up to 9,000 feet. So it was like a cumulative like 7,000-foot gain throughout the 100-mile race, and I was just not ready for that altitude. But it was definitely a good learning experience of like how to kind of prepare for that. Um, there were a lot of aid stations that had cold towels that you could like put on your neck as well. That was the other factor too, is that it was in like early August. And so in Southern California, it gets pretty hot. Like I think it was like 85 degrees at that time. So it was just a really hot day at elevation. And so those cold towels made a huge difference. So definitely going to load up on those uh, whenever I'm in a hot endurance race. <laughs> <laughs> it's those little, little tips that are helpful to like learn of like, yeah, last time I used that and that was great. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing it's so true. Those little things make a huge difference. Um, anyone who's done the Berkey with me will know that I'm a huge fan of pickle juice now, <laughs> huge pickle juice proponent. Um, was trying to like get everyone in my group to do them with me last time. <laughs> Didn't have any takers, but they'll know. They'll find out one day how great it is. <laughs> Maybe this year at the Berkey. Yeah, this this is the year. I can feel it. Everyone's gonna be. Everyone's gonna have their camelback full of pickle juice. <laughs> gonna be just getting as much as they can. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So then after. That I did another hundred miler, the tour to Foothills, also in Southern California. And so that one went along like the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains. So um, just east of LA. Um, and that was just beautiful. It was like perfect weather, 70 degrees and sunny. I got a flat like at mile 15, but super easy to fix. And then was able to get to the aid station to get a full pump up on my tire and there were like <laughs> burgers and hot dogs and pizza and all the aid stations this is like the most unhealthy fueling I've ever done in my life. But it was so much fun. <laughs> what do you think, Noah, or what do you feel like was like the difference between like a really big marathon race and then two bike century rides? Like what was like different between those two? Like what was different in, in preparation other than like obviously you're running versus being on the bike, but also like what was different during the race and how you raced and everything. I think just the amount of time, um, for me, marathons have typically, I guess the grandma's marathon took me, I think it was like three hours and 25 minutes or three hours and 30 minutes, somewhere around there. And the big bear bike ride was like six hours and 40 minutes. So it was just like the sheer volume of time. I'm also a much like faster runner than cyclist. So just trying to build up endurance and speed for that was a little more challenging. I didn't, I didn't really focus on speed at all, though. It was really more so just trying to get those miles and hours under my belt. Um, fueling was definitely a big part of that, too just experimenting with like goos. And uh, what I really enjoyed is actually Fig Newton bars. That's kind of my go-to now. Um, and we have at my work, they give us like free kind bars. And so <laughs> I also am a big fan of kind bars as well. Those, those really seem to perk me up on my ride. Awesome. Yeah. You can't pass stuff like that up when it comes for free, for sure. Oh yeah. That's, that's my favorite. It tastes better when it's free. I don't know what it is. <laughs> So with all of those races that you did, like there's a lot of variety there, you know, you did cross country skiing, marathon, two century rides. What is like your big takeaway overarching theme that you learned kind of from the year overall? Um, I think to spread out events a little more or maybe, maybe not spread them out, but maybe just be more intentional about rest and relaxation um, I guess I just find a lot of joy in, in exercise. <laughs> and so it's kind of my daily routine. You know, I get up, I eat my breakfast and I go work out, whatever that may be, like running, lifting, cycling. Um, and I guess with my job and with California traffic, um, 
my my sleep time is a little bit less than I would like. So I think just prioritizing that a little bit more would keep me fresher and able to perform at a higher level, hopefully. That's a good takeaway. Yeah. I mean, those are always important things. And recovery is one of those like really big things that I think a lot of people can do better on, especially in the endurance field of it. And I think we're learning so much more about why recovery and all of that is kind of so important for us. But um, it's always something that we can probably constantly improve on and get better at. We'll get into some process goals a little bit later, but that's one of my big process goals related to recovery and sleep and all of that. It's just an area that we definitely need to be hitting and constantly improving on as, as runners and endurance athletes. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the best points you've made in an earlier podcast was just how sleep is like the one of the best performance enhancers that we're aware of. Just getting like a solid at least seven, ideally eight hours of sleep per night can just really go a long way. Yeah, 100 percent. And and kind of going off of that, like um, we're we're talking about like recapping 2023. And when um, Jack and I were talking about sleep, we were talking about just trying to be consistent with it and that was kind of my own big takeaway from 2023 is just how important consistency is um, in terms of like consistency of training consistency of sleep whatever it may be even in like career and business you know with like starting bio endurance it's been all about trying to be as consistent as possible on so many different things and so um, I think that was my biggest takeaway from 2023 is just trying to be consistent with your training. And um, it's not about trying to, um, you know, do big things on a daily basis, but just trying to improve a little by little by little every single day. And each workout doesn't have to be an absolute, you know, um, I got 100% better with that workout, but just getting one to 2% better each and every time. Is just so important. And I think it's a lot healthier that way too, instead of trying to take big swings at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just chipping away at things. I always like to think of the movie Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Yes. One but of my favorites. Kind of, oh my gosh. Yeah. That always gets me super pumped up. I remember some like dark nights in PT school where I just pop that movie on and be like, all right, I can do this. But anyway, what he does in that movie, he just just like over years, he just like chips away through the tunnel and then he's finally able to break free. Spoiler alert for people who haven't seen <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. I guess I should have said that first, but um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I always think of um, when it comes to like big things like this, because you can't just do it all at once. It really does take a little bit every day. Yeah, 100%. So um, speaking of that, um, we kind of recap the 2023. So going into 2024, like what are your big goals for the year, Noah? Sure. So I have the Berkey coming up again here in February. Uh, that's another traveling race for me. So I'll be flying back to um, Wisconsin to do that. Um, so yeah, definitely learned a lot from the traveling to Minneapolis for grandma's marathon. So I think the key with that is to kind of get in a little bit more rhythm. I think I'll give myself a little more time to get there and kind of settle in um, so that it's not like a big rush and maybe not put as much socialization on my plate beforehand, which will be tough because I'll be home and I want to see everyone. But um, that definitely was tough last time, just kind of that um, like, I guess, social exhaustion from like hanging out with so many people. Um, so yeah, Berkey's a big one. I'm really excited to see that crew. Um, and with that, the goal, uh, performance goal is to just finish because in Southern California, we don't really have as much access to cross country skiing down here. There is one place, but it relies on natural snow, which makes it a little tough because, you're just kind of dependent on the weather. There's no place that makes snow like in the Midwest. Um, but process goal for that is to just take advantage when there is snow and I have a free weekend to just get out there and grind. Awesome. And awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it. What other what other races or events do you have this year? Yeah. So after the Berkey, um, I'm going to do the tour to Big Bear again. That'll be in August. And that 
Um, I'm really hoping to get in the mountains and train a lot more so I can get a little more adjusted to the altitude, get up those RBCs, those red blood cells a little bit more, um, and then hopefully finish like sub six hours and 15 minutes. So awesome. shaving about half hour off that time would be great. I suppose another like process goal with that, I don't know if it'd be process or performance, um, but my drivetrain on my bike is looking pretty rough. And I think that might be slowing me down a little bit. <laughs> so I'm hoping to learn some uh, mechanical skills in order to do some replacements on there. <laughs> have you been, have you been like maintaining it, you know, oil in the chain and clean it off and all that kind of stuff with it? Or is it just not starting as... to fall apart? Oh, I, you know, I, not as much as I should. I like just cleaned the chain the first time this year. I cleaned it like, man, maybe two or three years ago and oof, it took forever. It was so gross. <laughs> it was so grimy, so dirty. Um, and then I was just looking at like some of the different wheels. There's like a jockey wheel and like the teeth of my crank set and stuff. And those are just like super worn down. And so it might be time. It might be time just to, just to toss a new set on there. There you go. I think I think they say you might want to do it like I think there's like a certain number of miles you're supposed to uh, re-oil the chain. I've, it's blanking on me right now, but um, yeah, I'll have to find that and send that to you so you can get that chain maintenance in order. Oh, man, it's huge. It's huge. That friction, you know, it adds up. It adds yeah. up over time. It does. It does. Those are pretty good, solid performance goals. And I guess we should kind of define that too a little bit so like um there's been like a number of different like studies like kind of looking more specifically at what goals are and they kind of split it up like specifically into like three types of goals so like one type would be like an outcome goal or like let's say it's my goal to finish first in my age group that would be like an outcome goal um because it's based off place performance goal would be more time related so like for you um, with the tour to big bear, it would be, you know, getting close to that 615. Um, that would be more of a performance goal and like covering a certain distance in a certain amount of time. And then kind of narrowing down even further, there is what's called a process goal. And essentially that's kind of like what you were mentioning before of like how you are going to accomplish your performance goal. So it's like, you know, um, how often am I going to train? When am I going to get out there? What is my volume going to be? How much sleep am I going to get? It's all of the factors that kind of go into that in terms of like how you're actually going to accomplish that performance goal overall. So um, it's kind of interesting because that's the first time, you know, looking at that research that I've actually thought about goal setting and kind of processing it in those three different categories. But I think it's useful to distinguish in between types of goals and like, am I setting myself up for performance goals, outcome goals, process goals? What exactly are we setting ourselves up for? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and I know that a lot of the research points to process goals being the way to go. And as endurance athletes, and I guess athletes in general, we typically fixate on those um, performance goals and outcome goals, which can kind of be detrimental. I know Matt shared an article with me that basically just kind of highlighted some of the cognitive effects like increased anxiety um, and some of the other detrimental effects that come along with um, with that, with that pressure of, of trying to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing, oh, go ahead, Matt. And it was, um, I think it was Williamson et al. of 2022, and we can post that in the show notes. But yeah, they mentioned on there with like a full meta-analysis systematic review that the goal that had the largest effect on overall performance was actually process goals. So it wasn't, you know, performance goals or outcome goals. It was actually those little process goals that we set up for ourselves that had the largest effect on overall performance. Yeah, yeah. So that really hopefully we'll shift the focus to the process. And I know that's kind of a cliche um, in some places, you know, that old saying of just trusting the process. Um, but it seems like there's definitely some truth to that. I think there's still some like really good um, 
you know, I think there's good value into like setting up whether it is a performance goal or outcome goal. And I think even in the study performance goals beat out outcome goals, but it's like, you also want that like long-term view and like long-term approach to know like what you're going towards, because like you can say like, I want to run so many miles a week. I want to get so much sleep, but like, what is that goal leading you to? And for you, it is, you know, finishing the Berkey and doing 615 with the century ride that you're going to do. And, and for me, my, my personal big 2024 performance goal is, um, it's Ironman year for me with Ironman Wisconsin coming up in September. And my big goal is um, doing sub 12 hours in the Ironman. And so I think we need that, you know, that overarching goal and that big goal in order to kind of align what direction we're setting. So I think there's really, really good value to that for sure, because that's just going to set our sails, so to speak, for the direction that we want to travel and the direction that we want to go to help actually achieve that. Yeah, for sure. Um, one add-on to that too is there's a great Huberman Lab episode that outlines all the different tools that you can use to help set and achieve goals. And one of the big ones was like setting lofty goals. And I think the term he used was one that kind of like induces arousal, like kind of makes you feel a little nervous about. Um, because otherwise, if it's too easy, then it's like, what's the point? Like, this isn't really uh, something I need to be working towards and uh, dedicating a lot of mental and physical energy towards. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be pushing yourself in a way. And I think that's where those outcome or performance goals help to set that target and give you a good focal point. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because um, when you shared that podcast with me, I was, I was, you know, thinking about my, my own goals for 2024. And it was very easy for me to be like, ah, you know, if I just get a PR in the Ironman, you know, that could, a PR could be two minutes. And so then I, you know, was listening to how it's important to set that lofty goal, that goal that is a little bit more reaching, makes you a little bit more nervous. And so I was like, you know what? No, we're going sub 12. That's going to be the goal that I'm going to set. And that just kind of kind of drives it a little bit more um, to it. So um, I think those are two really good tips of like, number one, you know, setting a really good overarching goal for the year um, and probably limiting it to, and, you know, I think if we set too many goals for ourselves, um, we're just going to kind of be spread out a little bit too much. And then number two is really trying to make that as lofty of a goal as possible while still something that you can definitely see yourself attaining overall. For sure. Yeah. You don't want to make something like unrealistic where you're like really overstretching yourself and sacrificing other aspects of your life. You don't want to, you know, ruin other things just to, <laughs> just to achieve that, that one goal, you kind of have to keep that balance. And so, um, you know, the more experience you have, the better you are at making those realistic goals. And so that's why it's so helpful to look back and see where you've come from and what you've accomplished in the, in the last year. And, um, I'm curious, Matt, like how did your year go in 2023? What were some of your big goals and accomplishments and how'd it go? Um, so my year wasn't exactly what I planned it to be without a doubt. Um, but start off with grandma's, which went great. Um, I had a really, really good PR and the goal was to not blow up during the race essentially. So to have like more of an evenly run marathon, cause that's something that I've never done before. My past two marathons have been like um, um, really, really crazy positive splits um, just from kind of blowing up in the later stages of the race. But I actually ran really even run and a negative split as well. So that was a little bit of a pat on my back in terms of like proper pacing and proper setup for that. Um, obviously, the two, the goal was to do Ironman this past year, except I ended up getting sick in July. Um, and so I had to shut down training. And so that goal wasn't achievable anymore, which was kind of a tough pill to swallow for sure. But I know as endurance athletes, we've all probably been there before. And that's really where I really kind of picked up the idea and, and the lesson of consistency, because obviously there was something 
in my training that just kind of went off. And I think it was looking back on it. I think it was more of my own recovery and not being as consistent with things as I probably should have been, which probably led to my immune system um, being a little bit more weakened from the race. And as a result of that, um, coming down with some sort of sickness or illness that kind of put me out for the rest of the year. Um, so that was the biggest thing. So I didn't get to race as much as I would have liked in 2023, but that's what 2024 is for. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that reflection and that looking back. And I'm curious, like, what would you have done differently in terms of recovery and rest? And what might like that process look like for you? Yeah, so May and June were um, two great months for me, but two more stressful months for me looking back on it. And I think that was the difference maker because May and June, we had like the final push to grandma's. So training was going really, really hard and trying to get um, the volume and training, I think, went really well. I think that I did that in a very, very smart way where I didn't take any huge jumps in weekly mileage or anything crazy like that. However, May and June was actually when I was starting bioendurance, getting the clinic set up, getting everything off the ground running. And so I think because of that, there was a decent amount of stress going on in my life. Not bad stress per se, but just a lot of stress and anxiety related to that and all the changes that were going on with starting a business, with having a different schedule, with getting things set up, everything of that nature. And so I think the stress kind of took had an impact on me. And I think because of that stress and because of everything that was going on, I did not place as much emphasis on recovery, on getting quality sleep, on getting quality, quality rest days. Um, so I think that was probably looking back the downfall for my, for myself and like what ended up kind of making me more susceptible to illness. Yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up too, because we often think about just the physical load of running, but we don't really think about the cognitive load of running and the cognitive load that we undertake with other aspects of our life, with work, relationships, business, starting something new. I can totally relate to that with the the starting, I didn't start my own business, but I started a new job. Um, just, I guess it was a month and a half, or no, it was a month before grandma's marathon too. And I didn't even think about that until just now that probably played a role in that performance. Um, so I'm curious though, like, how do you monitor that? Like, how do you take stock of where you're at and how do you like recognize when you're kind of pushing yourself beyond your limits, not from like a physical standpoint necessarily, because, you know, we have Strava, we have different ways of like measuring our physical load. Um, but how do we like take stock of our, our mental load and like our stress load? Um, so I'm really glad you brought that up because you just jostled my brain for a study that I found earlier this year that was literally about this subject. It, I believe the study was by Saw et al. Um, in the British Journal of Sports Medicine back in 2016 and the um title of the article was monitoring the athlete training response subjective self-reported measures trump commonly used objective measures and essentially the test was looking at specifically like what do we look like to figure out how we are recovering should we look at our resting heart rate should we look at like heart rate variability like all of those things that you mentioned or should we go more off of subjective or how we feel in terms of our energy anxiety or depression fatigue mood and honestly what the study found was subjective measures perform better when measuring an athlete's response to training and their well-being so honestly, and this occurred both with acute training or like how you feel today after workout as well as like chronic training loads. And um, I thought that was super, um, super profound to know because we have all of this technology, but really kind of what it can come down to is like assessing how you're feeling. Like, are you feeling more low energy? Do you feel more tired? Do you feel more anxious? Do you, or do you feel more stressed? Are you sleeping as well? And if you're answering the negative on all of those questions, then your body probably is not in an opportune state to 
take in all of the training load and to take in all of that training. And it might be a good time to put more stock into rest and recovering and putting more emphasis in specifically how you feel um, instead of trying to push it and, and ending up injured or sick. And that's what the study ended up finding was like, there was more of an injury risk um, when those measures of well-being and how we're feeling fatigued were, were more towards the negative side of things. Wow, that's awesome. That's super helpful. So would that be just like a, like you wake up in the morning and then you just kind of go through those questions and depending on what your answer is, kind of adjust your load or your, your training regimen based on that? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some different um, questionnaires you can take, but honestly, what the study was said is like, yeah, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like you got good sleep? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious? All of those things. And so I think it's just one thing to take stock in. And, you know, if people are really into their training logs and journals and like keeping track of how they feel, you know, I, de I don't think we necessarily need to like upend our training if we're just not feeling good one day, of course. But if there is a big life change, like both of us had this year with starting a business, moving across the country, starting a new job, all of those things, that might be something to take into account. And I think looking back, I probably did not take as big. a. I didn't take that into account this year with my training. I was just more of like, uh, yeah, all this stuff is changing in my personal life and in my career and in my profession. But I'm just going to keep training the same way I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot of the endurance athletes mindset is just just grinding through and just mm -hmm. pushing through and having that grit. And I feel like it's such a delicate balance of like, is this really progressing my um, ability to perform and to participate in the sport? Or is it hindering it? And that's just such a hard question to answer and to gauge whether or not what we're doing is is really helping or is it hurting? Because mm -hmm. there's definitely times to, to grit and grind. And there's definitely times to rest. And so it's helpful to have those kind of check-in tools to have at your disposal to mm -hmm. gauge that. And this has come up a couple of times in the podcast, but it's also helpful to have someone that you can bounce ideas off of and bounce how you're feeling off of, whether it is a coach or a close friend or whatever it may be, and just being like, hey, this is how I feel. Um, you know, I, I want to keep pushing, but is it smart for me to keep pushing? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and that type of thing. I was a few weeks back. I was it was maybe like six or seven weeks ago. I was running in Lapham Peak and doing a nice trail run. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful Sunday. Like it was 50 degrees, great fall day, you know, leaves all over. But because the leaves were all over the trail, I couldn't see any of the ruts in the ground. And it ended up no. spraining my ankle fairly, fairly badly. And like Ooh. any distance runner, I, you know, kept running. <laughs> and so <laughs> even though the ankle was like a little bit sore and whatnot, and then I had to like go back to my mind of like, okay, what would I tell a patient to do? And so I ended up calling my wife, Megan, who is also a physical therapist. And I, I essentially just said on the phone of like, I just need you to tell me that I shouldn't run anymore. Um, and for this, for the state of my ankle, I should not run anymore. And she was like, yes, just walk back to your car and drive home. And I was like, thank you. That's all I needed to hear. Because honestly, if I had not have heard that, I probably would have just tried to keep running and would have tried to finish my workout. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so good, Matt. Yeah, I am so guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel so bad because, you know, as physical therapists, we're the typically the sounding board for people. We're the ones that people come to to give them that kind of advice. And I think that, at least for me, I feel like I can just DIY my own rehab and my own like training programs and stuff, but you really can't. Like you just, you mm -hmm. really don't, you, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And it's really hard to see those blind spots. And I think that's where having a, a supportive partner or coach or someone that's a little more informed or just more familiar with maybe your moods and um, how you are when you're fatigued and when you are high energy to give you that feedback can be really, really valuable. Mm hmm. Agreed. It's really hard to make those decisions for yourself and to like be uh, I don't know if humble is the right word, but to like, you know, just just pull it back in that moment. It's really hard to pull back when you just want to keep pushing ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And especially when it's like your hobby and it's such a strong habit to just get out there and, and work out every day. And like they always say, like phys physical therapists always say that runners are the hardest to rehab just because they just want to get out there and run and they will just grind through like the toughest injuries. And sometimes that's just not the best thing to do. And that's really hard to, to recognize. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's something that we all probably need to work on, but that's also at the same time, that's what kind of bonds us together as runners and makes us runners too at the same time. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we're a strong crew, strong group of people <laughs> for sure. so So, yeah, go for it, Noah. oh, sorry. I was just wondering if there were any other races or anything else from 2023 that that's uh, stuck out at you or that you wanted to recap? Um, I think those were those were the big things for me. And, you know, the end of this year has just been about getting on a consistent training plan and getting on just building a base and kind of building up that consistency a little bit of like dealing with coming out of the sickness back in because I was sick in July. And honestly, I didn't feel normal in my training again until September. Um, so from September and like building that aerobic base and then I had to take another A little dip after my ankle injury, um, but back strong after that again. So, um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's it's been about a lot of that consistency and kind of resetting my sights to 2024 and like setting up my goal setting in more of a proper way than I have before with all of this new learning that I've done. And and like we said, you know, we've set a big goal, you know, we've set a really, really lofty goal, you know, in terms of the next year and the next stage of that that we've already hinted at is setting up those process goals specifically um, of like, you know, how we are going to get those done and what systems we are going to use to get those done. And um, Noah, have you read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? Oh, huge fan. I recommend Yeah. that to patients on like a daily basis. I've given it out as gifts <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Huge fan of that book. Yeah, Yeah. it's Very, a great very book. helpful. It's a great book. And one of my favorite quotes from it, and I think this sums up this stage of our conversation really nicely, is he he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I think that's really profound and speaks to process goals itself, because I'm not necessarily going to rise just super easily to doing a sub 12 hour Ironman. I'm going to kind of fall back on what my daily habits are, what my daily routines are. And a lot of that relates to our process goals and the process goals that we set up for ourselves. And like, what systems do we have in place so that I can achieve that sub 12 time of the Ironman or that you can achieve that six hour, 15 minute time with the century ride. Um, so um, in, in relation to that, Have you set up any main like process goals for yourself overall, Noah? Um, well, now that I'm thinking about the reflecting on like our rest and recovery, I think, um, just checking in, like checking in, uh, with my partner, maybe even with like coworkers, people that I see every day that kind of like, um, know when I'm higher energy and when I'm lower energy, I think too, it would be helpful to work with a, a coach. I guess one other goal that I, I didn't mention that I'm hoping to do is to run another marathon. And that will be the the Big Bear Marathon, um, and that's in November. And so um, it's been a long time going by to qualify for Boston. So hoping to do it with that. And I think working with a coach would be really helpful. So I think I'm going to definitely work uh, <laughs> work with a coach, but also. Um, reach out to a coach and do some like coaching research. Um, I know you've had some great coaches uh, on your podcast. Uh, I guess it would be helpful to work with someone a little more local here in Southern California, um, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, so in terms of process goals, um, doing the daily check-ins, um, working with a coach, having that process that, that they've kind of laid out, um, Building up to that, I guess just doing like one, two to three hour long endurance 
event per week, whether that be a run or, or a bike ride. I like how you define yeah. that um, endurance event too. So it doesn't like just tie you to like run. If your like legs are feeling like fatigued and you know, it just doesn't feel like running. So I think that's a good level of flexibility to allow yourself like either, you know, a long bike ride, long run, something to keep that aerobic system going. So I think that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, um, with those goals, just being so far out, I know one of the tips that the Huberman podcast alluded to was just to do goals in like three month periods. So, you know, I have that goal that's kind of in the distance. And so right now, I think the best process I can do without getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, daily mileage and things like that is just kind of keeping that consistent aerobic base up um, and just being flexible and doing kind of alternating between the running and the cycling will help me with both of those things. And also with the Berkey too coming up here, um, because I don't really have uh, snow to ski on just yet down here. <laughs> so yeah. How about you, Matt? What are some of your process goals that you're hoping to follow through with? So, um, I've been thinking about this probably for the last like week or so. And, you know, with Ironman, you know, it's swimming, biking and running. So there's three disciplines. I'm, I'm always, um, more spit smitten, I guess you can say with running just because that's what I've always done and, and swimming and biking have been a little bit more, uh, newer for me, but that's a big area of improvement that I have. Like I can improve vastly more in those areas than most likely I can with running. So, um, I've kind of set up four process goals for myself for the year. Um, I didn't want to make you like too many, but I also think these are fairly, fairly doable for myself. So the first one is, um, in January, I'm going to really start to build up volume and my goal is by the end of January to be able to be like consistently at about 10 hours per week of biking volume. Um, so being on the bike for at least 10 hours a week consistently, um, kind of February, March, you know, all the way, all the way through the summer, especially in the summer with a lot of riding, um, just because to build that bike volume and to get used to it and get my legs used to that 112. Cause I think that's the, probably the biggest improvement that I can make, um, in order to get me to a sub 12 time. Um, I'm also not the greatest swimmer, so I want to spend at least three days the week, three days a week in the pool or open water doing a swim workout at least three days a week. Um, and then I also want to make sure I get some form of strength training in three days a week as well. And then last but not least, it is my goal to average seven and a half hours of sleep a night. Um, the research ranges from like seven to eight hours being beneficial. So I'm going to go right down the middle and go with seven and a half. So that, that those are my process goals kind of leading in. And I think those are the ones that will probably have the largest effect on me being able to reach that big sub 12 hour Ironman goal that I have for 2024 overall. That's awesome, Matt. Yeah. Running is my first love too. So I totally understand the other ones taking a back burner, the side chicks that you just, you know, can't get to as easily, you know, you got that main one you just want to stick with, but I really like those. I like the idea of kind of assigning, um, specific hours to, you know, being in the saddle for 10 hours, sleeping for seven and a half uh, weight training though, like what would be kind of the, some of the parameters that you would set with, with weight training, that's kind of a generic, um, process there. Would it be like with those three events, I know swimming obviously involves a lot of arms. Would it be more leg focused? Would it be more arm focused or how would you divvy up the weight training sessions? It's probably going to distribute more towards the legs, but there's definitely going to be some arm in there as well to develop more power with the with the swim stroke. Um, but my goal is to just be, again, consistent with strength. Um, I preach it a lot to runners and I do a lot of strength training myself, but I feel like I can be more consistent and and get myself to the point where uh, I think a big a big goal of mine this year is to once I've kind of adapted um, is to get myself to the point where I can do like. Uh, low reps, higher weight, because I've always been one to kind of go like, you know, typical two to three sets of 10. 
Um, but I think there's a lot of merit into going more on the strength route and trying to do lower repetitions, higher level of weight. And that's something I've never trained myself in. So I think it would be really interesting to kind of dive into that area a little bit more and to give that a try once my body has adapted um, a little bit more so I can start adding a little bit more variability to the mix with that. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. That's really cool. Um, building up that power a little bit more and those higher loads. I, I like the idea of that. Um, yeah, that's kind of now I'm getting all these different ideas for my goals and my, my process goals. Um, one that I had thought of as well was just to focus a little bit more on speed work, just kind of consistently. Um, I would I will say that like the Big Bear Marathon is probably like the high, like the top priority goal. of 2024. and so just doing like consistent speed work throughout the year i would say probably once a week just doing at least like two 400s at maybe a 10k pace um just to keep up kind of those faster twitch muscles and um kind of build up that lactate threshold a little bit more Um, and of course, strength training, I cannot forget the strength training. I feel like that's almost a given now. <laughs> that's like the bread and butter, the foundational, um, the foundation of the pyramid is just doing that, that strength training. And that's, um, something I've really appreciated listening to, uh, in your podcast, Matt, is just getting that message out there of how, just how important strength training is ever since I've started doing it. I mean, I, I really haven't had, Um, any lower extremity injuries, knock on wood. Um, so it's, it's worked wonders for me. And, and I just really love that message. It's a big piece of the puzzle for sure. And and I always respect you for it because I know you're getting that strength training in because I see those workouts popping up on Strava all the time. And it reminds me that I need to kick it in gear and also get it in too. So uh, that accountability is important. <laughs> yes, I love Strava for that. that I, Strava just gets me amped. I freaking love seeing people <laughs> getting it on Strava. I know we joked about that before, how I just like give everyone kudos on Strava. So if you want to be my friend on Strava, I will kudo you up. You will get so much, <laughs> so much kudos from me. You won't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've been on the receiving end of many of those kudos and it feels good. It feels good when somebody kudos your workout, no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you going. It keeps you Mm going. hmm. Mm hmm. 100%. Um, you brought up Huberman before Huberman lab product podcast and one of my favorite podcasts that I really like to listen to. And as I was listening to some of it this last week, you know, a big, topic that Huberman likes to talk about is dopamine. And um, I'm in, you know, that neurotransmitter in our brain that kind of senses um, pleasure. And it's kind of how we, um, you know, sense that a little bit. And I'm in no way a neuroscientist or anything like that that's expert. But, you know, just on my understanding of listening to the podcast, I think that relates to what we're talking about with goals, too, specifically, because dopamine works on more of an in anticipation of a goal. So we are, you know, setting all of these goals for ourselves, you know, especially our big goals of sub 12 hour Ironman, you and the the Big Bear Marathon and and the um, Century Ride and our dopamine's going off because we're anticipating, you know, accomplishing that goal. And it's important, I think, too, you know, once we end this conversation, there's probably going to be a little bit of a dip in that dopamine. And sometimes that makes it hard to stay with it towards the goals, especially when they're long-term goals like Ironman isn't until September, you know, over nine months away. Um, and so I think setting up these process goals is helpful for that too, because it gives you those little wins throughout the weeks. And it goes back to consistency yet again, you know, being consistent week to week to week of like, oh, I, awesome. I hit my process goals. Oh, awesome. I hit them again. Look at that. A full month of hitting my process goals. And I think that goes a long way to feeling more motivated and feeling like you're actually accomplishing something instead of just having that one huge performance goal where you have to wait nine months, you know, to see nine months or more to see if it actually plays out the way you want it to. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And that's why I love the kudos so much is because it keeps you going. It keeps it gives you those little um, rewards throughout the day that 
um, just just kind of keep you in the habit and, and keep you moving. And I think that's it's important too. One of the things that I found really interesting in those Huberman Lab podcasts was I think the term was like goal gradients, where like we kind of push ourselves a little bit harder when we kind of see the the end in mind. And so that's why having those kind of like smaller chunks, like a weekly goal as opposed to like a monthly goal, can be really handy because um, you're crossing that that finish line, so to speak, every week instead of like having this huge long um, marathon. You have to have those little milestones that you can celebrate. Um, and you know, I, I, I like to think of like the, the finishing kick that people get at the finish line, you know, they see that finish line and then they just like push it in. And so if you can kind of harness that same energy by having weekly goals or just having those like daily processes that you can follow, hopefully that's rewarding enough along with the kudos that you get on Strava to, to really build those habits. Yeah. And, you know, going back to that James Clear quote, you know, if you set up those really good processes, processes and, you know, and those process goals and you're following when you fall to the level of your systems and those are, you know, really high level systems that you have in place, um, you're going to be able to reach a lot of your performance and outcome goals that you may have set for yourself um, at the beginning of the year. So um, I, I definitely think that's an important part of it. And, and like you said, it's those little things that go a long way to helping you achieve and feel accomplished and feel ready to um, tackle the race. And and also, too, you know, if you're going into a race, we've been talking a lot about like how you're feeling. If you go into a race knowing that you absolutely crushed nine months of your process goals and you are feeling really, really good and you know you've done all the training and you know that you left no stone unturned and you were consistent and everything like that, you're going to feel really good and confident leading into that race. And that's going to help to boost your performance all on its own. That's such an important piece. Yeah, I've, I've definitely like I remember even thinking that grandma's like, like getting to the starting line and like, you know, looking at how hard my heart rate was just reflecting on like, you know, how tired I was like in the days leading up to it. Like I just mentally wasn't like there and like, you know, knowing that maybe I had maybe overtrained and not quite tapered the best and like my process was just kind of out of whack. Um, that can really get in your head, especially in those like grueling middle miles where you're feeling just like trash, your legs are lead, you don't want to push yourself. So yeah, I, I, the, having that, that mental strength and having the, <laughs> having the like cookies in the cookie jar as Goggins would say, you know, making sure that you really, um, you know, put the money in the bank and, and it's, it's there when you're ready for it. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think those are three really good um, tips for setting up those athletic goals of like, number one, setting up a, you know, one or two, you know, solid performance or outcome goals that you have for the year. Um, number two, making sure that they are lofty, and that you really have to work to reach them, but they're still attainable. And number three, making sure that you're setting up really solid process goals to help you on the way. Um, and I think that if you do those three things um, and also, you know, reflect on those as you're going throughout the year, um, I think you're setting yourself up for quite a lot of success with athletic achievements. And that can even go for a personal life that can go for professional life, all of those different things too. So I think there's a lot of takeaway that you can take from, from those ideas. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't just apply to running. I mean, I, all these same things we're discussing are, are what I used to get through PT school and like studying for boards and just kind of all the trials and tribulations, you know, even planning the move. I'm sure you've kind of used some of these tricks and tips when you were starting your business and getting going with the podcast. You kind of just have to take little little nibbles and bites and, and try not to eat the whole candy bar all at once because otherwise um you'll throw up on yourself like my anatomy and physiology professor used to say he's like you gotta just take little bites otherwise it's, it's gonna end badly <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard that quote before but i absolutely love it <laughs> oh man yeah that one stuck with me good guy good guy <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome Awesome, Noah. Well, what else do you what else do you have to add into the mix here? Any other any other thoughts? Oh man, I don't think I have any right now. Um, 
no, I'm just, I'm just pumped to, to get going with things. This has definitely inspired me to reach out to a coach to um, put kind of the systems in place and reflect on just overall like fatigue and stress levels to make sure that I'm not overreaching and that I'm kind of finding that balance between uh, grit and, and rest. Um, yeah, I'm just like ready for 2024 now. How Awesome. about you, Yeah, Matt? I, I feel psyched up. And I think this is so important to have these conversations because, um, you know, there were a lot of like organic things that, you know, just came up. And that's why it's nice to have someone that you can have these conversations with. And, and that's why I respect the heck out of you, Noah. And I appreciate the accountability that you give me because um, having these conversations is really, really valuable for me. And um, it's nice that we were able to kind of broadcast this conversation. And I think that's so important to have that, you know, have people that you can talk to about this type of type of thing, whether it is another runner that you run with, whether it's your coach, whether it's your partner, whoever it may be, um, having someone to chat through these processes and give you different ideas, give you different thoughts. I think it's just so impactful and so um, important um, to have for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cliche, but teamwork really does make the dream work. And the more people that you have to bounce ideas off of, the more perspectives that you can glean from other people, the more well-rounded you'll be, the more support you'll have, and, and the stronger you'll be overall. So I really appreciate you having me on. I was super nervous to come on. Longtime listener, first-time podcaster here. Um, but I really appreciate it. Um, another thing that I love about you, Matt, is that you always kind of push me to get outside of my comfort zone, which is another really important reason to have people like Matt in your life. Um, Matt was actually the first, um, person to encourage me to do a marathon back in PT school. Uh, I would not have done that if it weren't for him. I remember it was like during like a hell week, we had like you know, 50 exams and all these papers or whatever. And we also had this marathon and, you know, we had trained for it. Um, and I was like kind of a last minute decision for me because I was like, I don't want to spend all this time running when I should be studying. Um, but Matt pushed me along and, and got me through it. And it was awesome. And here we are like many marathons and Ironmans later. And I just want to say thank you, Matt, for always pushing me and encouraging me and uh, yeah, getting me to do hard things. Heck yeah, that's what it's all about. I, I still remember that vividly because I believe we ran the race on a Saturday and it was in like late March, early April. So it was like a pretty cold marathon. And then we had a really big, I remember this vividly, we had a really big neuro exam on Monday um, that was really complex. So literally like two, probably two hours after we finished this race, I think I maybe went back and took a nap for like an hour or something. We were back at the library studying and like all the next day we were back studying, which I don't recommend because we were just sitting in one place. And I remember us both trying to sit up from our chairs at the time and it did not go well. Like we were stiff. We could not move. We could not walk. We were getting looks. Um, it was not good. And so uh, that, that motion is lotion. And uh, we had to study, of course. Um, and so we had to stay there sitting. Um, but yeah, that was that was a rough one. But we did it. And I think I'm pretty sure we did pretty well in that exam, too. Oh, yeah, we crushed it. We crushed it. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, just having the, the buddy, like the buddy system. Um, I just can't imagine like trying to study being so exhausted after running the marathon. And I, remember, I do remember that. I remember like hobbling down the stairs, like our legs, like super wide apart, just like trying not to bend our knees. Yeah, we were we were getting really weird looks too. I, I remember just people constantly like giving us side eye and everything like that. And what we really should have done is we should have wore our finisher medals to the library Uh... <laughs> oh my both gosh, of those days. we earned it. That would have let them know. Then they would have just respected us instead of <laughs> like looking down at us and thinking we were weirdos. That's for sure. Well, Noah, if um, people want to find you, follow you, whether it's, you know, what, what, where are you, whether it's Strava, all of that good stuff, do you want to share where people can find you and follow you and give you some kudos? Oh, yes. I love the kudos, love receiving them, but I really love giving them. Uh, you can find me. My name is Noah Bernhardt. 
N-O-A-H-B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Um, and that's Strava. And then if you want, I guess you could follow my, my Instagram or my Facebook if you'd like. It's mostly just like hiking photos <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> which please uh, join join my followers, all like 100 of them. <laughs> would love to add another. <laughs> um, yeah, so would love to send some kudos and receive some kudos. And uh, again, Matt, I really appreciate you hosting this and, and chatting with me. This has been really inspiring and, and really thought provoking. Um, and I, I, I look forward to, to doing this again soon. Awesome. Same goes for you, Noah. Like I said, I respect the hell out of you. And I appreciate that, that role you play in my life of always pushing me and being able to have these conversations too. So I really value that. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, man. All right. And with that, happy and healthy training, everyone. And uh, yeah, hopefully everyone has a great 2024 and is um, empowered to set some really solid goals for the year. So we will chat soon.